Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Back here on the Mike Abadir Show, co-host Gino Bacola next to the main man, Mike Abadir. And Mike, it is just rapid fire in the sports world. It feels like the NBA season just stopped. Oh, yeah, it did. And now we're already into the NBA draft, trade, free agency starts tomorrow. We are into week 11 of the NFL. It feels like the season just started. Um, those will probably be our, our major focus this week. So just so much to talk about uh, in the NBA and the NFL. Yeah. Now, have they settled? I know there was a lot of pressure from the NBA and owners to start prior to New Year's, uh, namely be on Christmas, right? So uh, who who has who won out the battle so far? Have they decided that yet? December 22nd is going to be the start date. They just had the NBA draft. December 1st is when training camps will open up. Um, and then there will they, everybody will have four to five preseason games starting about December 10th between like, uh, you know, maybe the, the 6th or 8th of December and uh, that 22nd. The real key was money, obviously. That's, that's well, yeah, the they wanted to get those Christmas games. The, getting the Christmas games in and getting the extra month of games in versus starting at the end of January is just incredible for them because they they are nba is christmas it's been that way for they've kind of had christmas day for a while and it's turned into a day where there's a showcase five games you know they're usually really good games or intriguing matchups and hey there's a lot going on right now the draft was kind of um it was a strange year in a draft and i'm gonna i'm curious how next year's nfl draft will work this year's nfl draft didn't it, there were some issues, but as far as we got to see everybody finish their season in college last year, at least, in which we didn't get to see. We got a for, full season of filming. Yep, which we didn't get to see at all for these kids coming out of uh, college basketball. I mean, we don't know anything about a lot of them. We didn't get to see them in their conference tournaments. We didn't get to see them in the NCAA tournament at all when it mattered most. So is this was a really... Like a draft, we, we didn't get to see who who uh, who's Mr. Crunch Time. You no, know? no. Who's, who's Steph Curry that could take the Davidson a lot farther than anybody had ever ever heard of the school? It was a lackluster you know? draft in that there were. It doesn't feel there were doesn't feel like you came into this with someone that felt like a LeBron or even like a Zion from last year or a John Moran. Like we knew each year, you know, there's a couple can't miss guys, and it it really didn't feel like that at all. I mean, Lamelo yeah. Ball went third. He could be an absolute bust. He could be. Really good. It just doesn't. Well, my guess is that the guys that played in Europe, and I don't know what when the season is, but my guess is that there are some leagues that have continued to play. You may have drafted somebody who just finished in June or July, I suppose. I'm just guessing here. And I would think that that may be an advantage for a European player from a scouting perspective. Like if I'm an NBA team, maybe I'd rather take somebody like that than somebody I haven't seen since last November. 
Yeah, I mean, and just as far as like the big NBA moves, I mean, the Lakers made a big trade. Uh, they were one of the first ones. They picked up uh, Schroeder, who will be really nice for them. He'll be a, a very nice point guard. He'll probably come off the bench and then end up closing out games. So take the ball out of LeBron hands some of the time. CP3 to the Suns. That's a big move. Uh, Drew Holiday to the Bucks to try to uh, help appease Giannis and keep Giannis there. And then we have the Josh You know, Richards, for somebody that's you know, supposed to be as good as CP3, he's been on an awful lot of teams. Yeah, you know, and I um I think he he is a guy who can't be your one. He can be your two. He can be your second best guy. He I don't I just don't think he can he can't be your best player on a championship team. Um and we've seen that in, in a couple of different iterations, right? He was sort of the one and then we kind of became like the one one A with Blake and the Clippers and they didn't even come close to sniffing it and then he moved to the rockets and it actually probably was the reason why they 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 had the warriors on the ropes and then he got hurt and he missed the game six and game seven of that series when they were up and and they had the opportunity to beat the warriors and it that, the injuries have kind of been his issue he, he he changed his body now recently and he had a good year last year like carrying an oklahoma team to the playoffs that nobody thought was going to be good so i just how good is phoenix now with him you know, somewhere in the five through eight range in the West. Like, do they even win a yeah, first round I, playoff series? I, I don't know. I couldn't even begin to to assess that and assess him. And all I know is this: really good players, teams are fighting to bring you over, whether it be in free agency or whatnot. They're not looking to give you away. And you know, look, CP three is probably going to end up being a Hall of Famer. I'm sure. I just don't like it. I, I don't, when I see somebody that's moved that much, it gives me cause for concern. And I would suspect that he'll retire wearing whatever color jacket is, is in the Basketball Hall of Fame without a ring. And, and most likely, because he's not, I just can't see him winning a ring in this current situation with Phoenix, and he doesn't have a whole lot left. And the problem with someone like Chris Paul at this point of his career is that he's not, if he was the veteran that was take you know not making a whole lot of money and and chasing a ring somewhere and he wanted to go to the Lakers or the Clippers you know somewhere like that I could see him winning a ring the problem with Chris Paul right now is he makes 40 plus million dollars like that's not an easy guy to just accept onto your team you have to complete you have to sort of like Phoenix did a pretty good job getting him but they had to give up Rubio Ubre uh two extra players and then a 2022 first round player and and you're paying this guy 40 plus million dollars for the next and, couple And you of have years. to have enough young guys who are not on big contracts. Exactly. 100%. make it work. <laughs> exactly. So that's that always – that starts coming down to your depth, right, when you have someone like that on your team because that's a problem with a lot of people said with the Lakers last year. Okay, you've got LeBron. You've got Anthony Davis. You've got these two guys that make up so much uh, – take up so much money. How are you going to fill out the rest of the roster? And they did a good job with you know getting guys that were on you know small contracts, veteran minimums, prove-it type deals that overachieved, and that's what – you know, Phoenix is going to have to try to do, and the, the only problem is, is that is a Chris Paul, Booker, Aiton going to be good enough to carry you and not have a whole ton of depth too? I, I don't know. It's a, no, it's a, it's not. It's interesting. Like you got to make a move like that sometimes for your fans, right? Like you're a team that hasn't been in the playoffs in like eight years. You got a star like Booker who is probably like a top 20, 25 player in the league, but he's never been in the playoffs. And if you don't give him a, a sniff. He's going to end up doing what Anthony Davis did and what we see Harden now doing. Harden says he doesn't want to play. He turned down 50. Could you imagine being his agent, Mike? He turned down a 50 plus million dollar a year deal extension to leave Houston 
a team that's been a pretty good perennial playoff team to go because he just wants to go play with Kyrie and uh, and Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. I mean, can you yeah, I didn't turn? spend too much time on that. Yeah, obviously, agents commission on one hundred and three million dollars is is a, a ton of money. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't looked really into that situation very much. I just saw the headline like everybody else. Yeah, I would suspect that it's either about a certain team or a longer term contract in two years. Um, he, like I said, knowing nothing about the situation, that would think, be my guess. Is why only that, two? I want it to be for you know five years, four years, or whatever. So. Interesting, these guys just don't want to be locked stuff. in anymore, which is weird. They just want the flexibility of two, and then let's see where everything else is and move around. And like, how is the NBA changing again? And where can I, you know, go again? And there are some rumblings that Harden doesn't get along that well with the owner there and um, in Houston. But he's a guy that has two years and then a player option left on his deal. Like they shouldn't even have to be thinking about trading him till next year, even if he's disgruntled. What he can't. If he wants to sit out a whole year, like that's going to be on him. The players are going to get pissed off at him for doing something like that, you know, if he's yeah. healthy and just sitting out. So, yeah. Um, Look, for me, let's slide Harden over into that CP3 bucket of sure. under, uh, overpaid, overrated, and it, won't uh, win a ring type players. Another one that is getting a lot of buzz and is probably moving somewhere. And that's somewhere we now wonder because. Charlotte was a team that was rumored to like Russell Westbrook. They just went and drafted LaMelo Ball. It just feels like such a Knicks move, doesn't it? Like, doesn't he feel like a guy who can go and be the guy for the Knicks and he can run up just a ton of stats and they'll maybe sneak into the playoffs once here or there. They'll never be a championship type team. He will battle for you, Russ, and he will dive and and work hard, but he's not a great teammate, which is what we've seen. And no, he does he's, not, he's the third. He, he might be the captain of the uh, of that, of that of this team group. that I was talking about. Of this group, hey, right? Gina, let me say this. Moving, isn't it funny? Like, again, I, it is. Yeah, I mean, here's, it's, there's a common thread, a common denominator between these type of players. They're all-stars. They put up a ton of points or they're great assist guys or, you know, they're all-world type of players. You know, you would maybe even consider, you know, them three leading your Team USA type three of thing. the current best players to not yeah, win a ring. They a might be the three. Yeah, there, you know? man. Yeah. Look, and let me say this. You made a good point about the Lakers. You said they they managed it really, really well. I, I think you almost understated that. I think sure. they did a phenomenal job with it, but it's not a formula that any other team can use unless you have the two top players in the world. Because you get the you, you margin know? So it's not error. a formula that you could pattern after. The one that really, the one I tip my cap to is Miami. They were able to reload fairly quickly. You know, this is a team that generally is in the playoffs. And they were they able stay, to reload, and that's the thing. They, and they got consistent. Jimmy Butler, and it was a really smart move on their part. Absolutely. You know? I they mean, well run. They, they, well made, they made a trade f- to Philly, and then it was funny. Like, Jimmy Butler got a lot of crap from people because he's sort of uh, like a stubborn. But I don't he, – he's stubborn, but he's, a stu- he's not like a guy that is a diva and doesn't work hard. He's a diva because he works hard, and he gets mad at, the, at everybody else that doesn't. That, and that's the kind of player you want on your team. And he didn't really get along well with a lot of the younger stars because they are very – their attitude was the opposite of that. He was in Minnesota, and he didn't really get along well with Towns and Wiggins there because they're sort of different. He was in Philly, and uh, Embiid and Simmons aren't really like that as much. And then he went to Miami, a place that you know Pat Riley and Spolstra, and they're built that way, and he just thrived there. And now it's funny, like the teams that he left struggled after he left. You know? Yeah, now and, if somebody tells says, well, Mike, that's kind of hypocritical. Why are you kind of giving uh, Jimmy Butler praise? And I'll tell you, that here's why. 
this was an MVP type of player. 100%. He got derailed to, to no fault of his own. And so it's sometimes difficult, especially in the basketball we don't know the situation world, where you, ever. you have to fit in the situation mm-hmm. where he's healing and coming back and not really himself. It may take a few years before he gets to ever find his own old self. A great comp for that is like Grant Hill. Yep. This guy was phenomenal pre-injury, and it was really hard for him to kind of fit back in. You know, he was, he was an outstanding rookie in Detroit. At the same time, Jason Kidd was the whiz kid in Dallas. And... You know, it, there's there's a lot of parallel paths there, but the bottom line is this: you you nailed it. He's an unselfish player, so he's very, Jimmy Butler, very mm-hmm. different than some of these other names that we've mentioned. It, just for the sake defensive oriented too, he'll do oh, yeah. whatever oh, you yeah. need. Like whatever I, I, I really like Jimmy Butler a lot, I, dude. I learned I, I I gained so much respect for him. Like he moved up on my like we're gonna do NFL power rankings and talk about those later. And my like NBA player rankings, he moved up so many levels throughout this playoffs. And when what he did when he punched the Lakers in the mouth a couple of times, man. Sure. I mean, it was sure. like it was. And before and we'll start talking about some NFL in it, but gotta give a shout out. It just makes me feel so bad. Uh, one uh, probably like the most well liked NBA players who um, Nick, nobody really has a bad word to say about the guy. You never hear him talk. He never trashes anyone. He is, when you talk about great teammates, he'll stand in the corner and not ask or not beg. And then some games he gets a ton of shots. Other games he doesn't, he guards the other team's best player, Clay Thompson, Unfortunately, another injury. He's going to miss the entire NBA season again this year after he was on his way back. He looked ready, and you were going to put him and Curry together with Draymond again. You have Wiggins there, and then they have a real. They had the number two pick. They, they were a team that a lot of people thought were going to be in the top four in the West, right up there with the Lakers and Clippers, and now you miss Clay. He was training with a lot of the guys down here in L.A., just scrimmaging, and he— uh, and he's now going to be done for the year. Just a super bummer because we never like seeing injuries. And there's been a ton in the NFL. And, and he's a really good guy that uh, a lot of players like. Yeah, you know, it, it just shows you how quickly the plug can be pulled on great teams. Dynasty I don't know if I've ever seen it quite as dramatic as with the Warriors. I mean, they went from like a powerhouse top team, championship team, you know, not even pencil them in, ink them into the finals every single year. It was, and so it was the, boring the for a lot of people. We talked about it with them. you sometimes, and it was like, yeah, kind of boring. Like, yeah. Cavs, Warriors. Yeah, I, remember, I was know. like, I don't even want to do an NBA preview. Just put yeah, them in the was, finals. Yeah, but it got pulled boring, out yeah. from underneath them so fast. And I think, I know people in the Bay Area, I've got a lot of friends and family up there that are like, they'll be back, they'll be back. I think this morning, they're probably like realizing it's probably never going to happen again. I, I know, because... It's the way everything came together for them was just perfect. And that's how it has to happen for a, a true like dynasty. It comes from you get lucky with a couple picks that are better. One of the years Curry got hurt. So he ended up get, they ended up getting a really team friendly contract with him. Then another one of the years, the salary cap opened up, which enabled them to bring Durant in. So they just had like everything worked well. They had Iguodala, who was great there. One of the times they got a pick that ended up being Harrison Barnes, who ends up helping. Like things go well for you, just like they go opposite for other teams and other players and now it's a bummer because after the run of good luck it's sort of turned the other way over the last couple years like just injury injury bad luck and uh we'll see uh, how they're able to uh to salvage that this year um no we have a couple minutes uh left uh for the yeah break. i wanted to actually uh, mention something really fast because yeah. when we were talking about the nba start date and you were talking about kind of the financial aspects of it for the league as a whole 
and starting, you know, pre-Christmas, getting in those Christmas Day games, how much it means to the NBA versus starting in January at some point, like uh, MLK Day or something like that. And I wanted to kind of just quickly do a peek ahead before the commercial here at MLB, because the report today was that if the if baseball teams don't have fans or have, you know, that three to five to eight thousand people in the stands, it's about a three billion dollar hit for Major League Baseball. You got to wonder what they're going to do, what creative, you know, things they can do to bridge that gap. Now, somebody might say, well, a three billion dollar loss. You're just saying that's three billion less that they make. Right. And that's right, and it's kind of not right also because they're paying out these players on the basis mm-hmm. of that estimated revenue. Projecting. Right? So it yeah. kind of throws the whole thing off. And here's the really unfortunate thing. The Dodgers yesterday had to lay off a bunch of employees. And this is and a World Series winning team. One of, my buddy, one of my buddies is not on the list, Seth Blumen, who's been the ticket manager there for like 25 years. I haven't hit him up because I'm kind of scared to, but – we're talking about everyday people that make things go for these organizations that you don't ever get to hear about. So there's going to be a ripple effect. You know? This isn't this isn't a struggling team, Mike. This is the team that just won the World Series that's yeah. been in the playoffs that makes a ton of money. I mean, the Dodgers are and, – and if, if there was ever a team which is so – like unfortunate if there was ever a team that had probably even money stacked up from the last couple of years think about the Dodgers and how much they break records with ticket sales each and every year too it's like because it's and it's a lot some of it's because where we are right who who doesn't want to go sit at a, at a Dodger game outside for a while the weather's always great you know that we don't get a ton of rain outs it's not cold ever and it's just nice atmosphere so the Dodgers and they've been good <laughs> they've won eight years in a row they've won the division so you know they they're a good team that people want to go see it's it's just so sad, and um, it's really, and it's really not, sad. And unfortunately, like we're seeing numbers tick up. We're seeing, in as we get into these months, that it doesn't look like it's going to be to a point where, hey, in two, three months, we're just going to have stadiums open full again. I, I who who knows no, how long. Look, this isn't going away anytime soon, and no. I hate to be Debbie Downer, and I don't no. want to get into the nuts and bolts of it because I know you and I agree on some things, and uh, we're kind of polar opposite on other things, and that's sure. okay. But here's the thing: this isn't going to go away anytime that, soon. I know the vaccine is coming in record time, and big applause to those who made that happen. Here's the thing: I know about half the population isn't going to take it, and and then even the ones that do, it's it's like a you take it, and then it's like a forty day thing. How so long does it protect you? For it, it, it takes a while for it to even kick in for you. So there's another waiting period of where, yeah, I guess you've taken it, but it hasn't hit you yet. Like you said, many people are going to wait to see at least like people taking it repeatedly and that there aren't side effects and things like that. Just like in any. So it's not it is. There's not going to be like a switch flipped, unfortunately, you know. Um, no. And, so and I think so the it's, answer it's, is you got to learn how to survive yep. moving forward as an individual, as a business, you know, you gotta get creative now. You have to get yeah. creative. You have to think outside of the box with people at their homes, not able to be there in person. What can they do? I mean, some things that the Dodgers did last year in the playoffs, I don't know. Maybe do you do some things where you say, okay, um, you know, we're going to do like they did the drive-in type thing, you know, um, maybe you do that and you play the game and you outside of the park, and you can sell some consent, you know, I don't know. Do, can you do that? There, are there some things that you can do that aren't all the way getting back to where you can? At Here's least the thing. Go- I, I think it's going to be 
you know, on a team by team basis. Of 100%, course, that's, where that's you are. obviously known because a lot of it is going to depend on uh, geographical limitations. And, you know, do you have a parking lot? Do you not have a parking lot? Sure. For example, the, the Red Sox at Fenway Park, it's in the middle the of Cubs, the city, right? Yankee Stadium, the Cubs. Right. So there are some limitations to that. My suggestion, and once again, this is going to be dependent on each stadium. But my suggestion is most modern stadiums, at least, have uh, bathrooms inside their luxury suites. So if I'm, let's just say, uh, you know, the Oakland A's and playing at the Oakland Coliseum, because I know that stadium very well, they have like a huge set of luxury suites and bathrooms in there. I would do everything I can to, to fill those spaces right now. That means bringing down the price a little bit and allowing people that aren't like corporate America type guys to get into those. Great. Because, you know, you're going to have families that stick together anyways, right? Whether they sit over here or over there, that family of five is going to be together. Let's fill those luxury suites. And then with your season ticket holders, I would make it a rotation, right? So, you know, let's just say you have, I don't know, 10,000 season ticket holders, just as a hypothetical, so maybe last names A through, you know, L get, you get games these one, games. five and seven, right? you know, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. And um, and then there's a trade market where they can unload those if they'd like for somebody else to be able to use those seats. And the way you do the seats is maybe every fifth row, every and, seventh and, row. Right. And, and um, yeah, we've, we've talked about this stuff. And, and consolidate the concession stands. You know the, what I mean? There's a or way make it, um, uh, by app and, and the food gets brought over to you or something like that. I mean, I think there's. Plenty of time for them to think that can hopefully such employ ideas. some more people too. you know, some things like that, which is, you know, obviously a problem because I, um, I, unfo- I, I, someone too, we've talked about it, like pre-existing. There are a lot of things that I don't, I won't be able to do myself. That doesn't mean everybody else can't take that, can, can't have a better opportunity to do things in a safe way, taking the right precautions. I don't, you know, we, we did lock things down. The problem with, you know, when everything gets shut down and I, we're kind of get tangenting, but not really because this is all about filling the arenas. This is about filling the, the stadiums and stuff is that um, people are going to, some people are going to behave one way and, and no matter what it really happens. So I, we're all we, only going to be as best as sort of like your weakest link. A lot of the time I, it's, it really isn't fair to a lot of people out there who have done the right thing and have, have really done what they've been told for a while. And they still, it's, we still see this continuing on. So I would love for there some way to be some sort of opening small, like you said, rotation, like some things for people out there to feel like, Hey, I can go, I can stay social distance. I can wear my mask. I can do what I'm supposed to do. And I can still have the experience that I've really missed for like what's coming up on a year now for a lot of people. Yeah. And look, uh, and like you said, I don't want to get it too far into the tangent and we want to get to commercial break as well. But I think at this point, people have their minds completely made up one way or another. Mm -hmm. They look around the world and they're like, look, everybody's tried it every which way and nothing's worked, right? You wear this, you don't wear that. You you shut down this, you don't shut down that. Nothing's really seemed to work. You see, you have these roller coaster spikes. I know some people that have pre-existing conditions. They end up getting it. Nothing happened to them more than a runny nose. Not even that. Um, uh, And and others die. So it's kind of a crapshoot. And I hate to say that when you're talking about human life, what I mean by that is you just don't know. You know, it's kind of like, you know, any other ailment, you know, some people get it and they don't get sick at all. Right. I've never got the flu. Right. Somebody else might get it and die. So is it something you want to roll the dice on? I mean, that's up to each individual person, but I think at this point, hopefully some immunity is built up and we could see a, 
leveling off effect. Uh, because people, when you see spikes, you're going to see things getting shut down again, unfortunately, as we're seeing in California right now. It, unfortunately, it's coming soon, too. Thanksgiving's coming next weekend. A lot of people aren't going to, you know, people are going to do what they want to do, that you know, and with their families. And and then it, the numbers are going to inevitably go up again because that's just what's, what's going to happen. I think I'm and I'm just hoping um, that we are we have some just some smart people that out there, man, like so many smart people and in, in so many different like industries and businesses that have had a while now to try to think about, OK, it's not going to be just full capacity anywhere like any restaurant owner that i've seen has said a lot of this is yeah like if we were able to open full capacity we wouldn't have full capacity people don't want to come in like a lot of people don't want to go out right now because they're they're scared so it just what what we need to see some creativity some outside the box thinking too. some stuff like we've seen with zooms wwe's done the cool stuff with the fan you know we've seen stuff like that with fans but i don't know how like mo like the internet stuff like there, there's there's got to be some sort of combination that people have to really right now think because we don't want these these industries to suffer another how who knows how long we got to get a little creative yeah, so those effects would be devastating Absolutely. hopefully baseball can do that because unfortunately they haven't always been the, the most like outside the box like progressive thinking you know exactly. as far as like new ideas and we'll, we'll knock on wood because I'm, I'm very proud at how this all of the sports so far um college football struggling a little bit but the we kind of expected that uh, it's, it's a lot harder than to to keep an eye on than that 30 teams in the nba or the nfl or the mlb you know they they all did a really damn good job as uh you know with with controlling their stuff and uh, i know we're gonna have a lot of nfl to talk you ready to talk some like power rankings and stuff for this weekend yeah absolutely one more quick thing the nba did a really good job in forecasting ahead of time probably from about two years ago they rolled out an initiative where they were going to um, have all the technology in place to bring these the arena experience uh, at home. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, they've got time now to fully develop that and roll that out. They were yep. ahead of the game. You know, you were talking about MLB sometimes behind the times. NBA is uh, at the, on the opposite end where they're ahead of the times. And one quick mention about the restaurants. I think a lot of that really depends on uh, the region that yeah, you're and at. Yeah, it is. And it just is. Just two quick examples. Um, I was down in San Diego uh, a few weeks ago, and restaurants are packed. Right now, I'm in Modesto uh, visiting my father for the Thanksgiving week. I came a little ahead of the time. And, man, I went to Buffalo Wild Wings for NFL Sunday. Uh, I went to meet up with a buddy of mine. There was not a seat in the house open. I'm not talking about every other. I'm like, how are they even doing this? Every seat was taken. People are cheering. It looked like. A year ago's NFL Sundays. And that's, so see, it that's, really depends that's sort of the problem, right? Like <laughs> I mean, it's really, really nutty, man. So, like that, uh, yeah. But fortunately, Modesto doesn't have a spike. And I think when people see things like that, it messes with their head more. And they're like, see? But you can't even point that finger because you no, because just, don't just don't know. know. We just don't know. And exactly. that's what happens. People try to make too much sense of something that is just, unfortunately, like – Playing it safe is is probably the best thing, but playing it safe is is not doing nothing, you know. So there's there's just got to be some. The, unfortunately, like we need a little, a little leadership, like like in anything. And and I, you mentioned the NBA; they've had awesome leadership. So um, we had a super super long segment. You ready to uh, yeah, take let's a break? Commercial and break. The we'll come back and we'll uh, pick up the conversation with the NFL. Stay with us, everyone. We'll be right back.
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific. For Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back here for the NFL portion of the Mike Abadir Show this week. So, Mike... Let's do, it. by the way, a look ahead at Thanksgiving. Okay. Yeah. So, quick administrative note. Sorry to interrupt you, Gino, but a quick administrative note: we will not be on the air next Thursday because next Thursday is Thanksgiving Day. So, a very happy Thanksgiving Day to all of you from all of us. Uh, so, we'll talk a little bit about the Thanksgiving Day games. If you're listening to this show, this show will be rebroadcast that Thanksgiving Day, which means the next time we're with you guys will be on Thursday, December third. And actually, the the Thanksgiving night game that day is uh, Raven Steelers. So and that's the only good game of that day. It's a yeah, horrible, the other two are crappy. Card of games. The other two are crappy, but you know what? We sometimes we get three crappy games. So you know, <laughs> that's true. I, if, to get a good one on the Thursday night game too is actually is actually pretty cool. So I'm yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah, and, that's uh, that's gonna be a battle. And let's see. So, uh, you want to go power rankings first? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so I have my top i i actually ranked everybody but i have i sort of have a top 11 we were talking about doing like our top 10 power rankings and the reason why i have a top 11 is because i still have in the 9 10 11 spot all together and that i can't separate right now the nfc west teams there i have the cardinals the seahawks and the rams and they're all the Cardinals, I probably would say right now, I think I would lean towards, if I had to pick one of the three, 
the the problem is is I give the Seahawks a, and the, the two of them play tonight. We're talking on Thursday. They play tonight on Thursday night football. I give the Seahawks a little bit of a mulligan because they have been missed like really depleted in the backfield the last couple of weeks, and so that's been noticeable to like noticeably hurting Russ. And I still don't like I'm a Rams fan, but I still don't know who the Rams are. So I, these teams are right all with each other in the division. I have them as my nine, ten, and eleven. That's why I have eleven because I just couldn't separate the three of them yet. I think they're all good teams and I think they're all playoff teams uh, above them I have the Colts at eight the Ravens at seven the Bills at six um who I I think you know they should have probably should have won that game with the Hale Murray last week but I think they're like slight they're a pretty good team uh, and their offense is looking a lot better right now I think they have enough defense to make some some um you know big plays here and there got the Packers at five Tampa at four the Saints at three Pittsburgh at two and KC at one very interesting Gino very interesting we're we're the same at the top, but we're very different in the middle. Now, when I do my rankings, um, I do them a little bit differently, and I probably should have given you a little bit more of a detailed heads up the way I, I was going to do it. There's two different ways. This is what they've done. This isn't who I like and projecting them because it would be a, a little bit different. Like I like the Bills and the Colts. I would have put them higher. I probably would have put the NFC West teams a little bit higher. There's, but I'm, but they haven't done anything quite yet. Yeah, it's hard. Well, I think you did it. You did it the traditional way. You know, which is the way that probably most people like it. Uh, I'm going against the grain a little bit and doing it a little bit differently because when I look at the power rankings, whether it's in baseball or football, I'm kind of like, well, why are we going cross conference when the reality of it is it never, it can't work out like that. For example, if you have the top four teams as the AFC teams, you know, it doesn't make sense then to put a fifth team as the NFC team because they don't ever have to compete against each other until the finals. So the way I did it was, the top five in each conference. That's, oh, Does that makes sense? Yeah, so that's yeah, kind of yeah, how sure, I sure. did it. A little bit quirky. And the other thing that's quirky too is I like starting from the top down. Once again, I think it probably makes more sense to go from the bottom up. But visually for me, I, that's kind of how I operate. That's how my brain works. So let's start with the AFC. Like I said, you and I are on the exact same page. Kansas City is number one. They have the top point differential. They're plus 103. And here's the thing that makes them my number one over Pittsburgh. They're number one points for offensively, and they're in the top five points against defensively. And that's something we haven't seen from Kansas City before. So to me, that makes them a definitive number one. Pittsburgh is an easy number two. Here's my long shot. They've been since day number one. Miami is my third top team in the AFC. They're going to win the division. Here's the interesting thing. They actually have a big head-to-head match. They're going to win the division. They're going to win the division. They're plus 69 in the point differential versus Buffalo's plus seven. Yeah, Miami's a better team. And here's the thing. Here's the next three games, you know. And they're on a five-game winning streak right now. They've got Denver, the Jets, and Cincy. Very good chance that they're going to be on an eight-game winning streak in the NFL going into that head-to-head matchup with Kansas City. That's going to be a big showdown. And then after that, they got the Patriots, Raiders, and Buffalo. No world beaters. Most likely on that last day, they're going to be fighting for the division unless Buffalo stumbles along the way because I don't think the Dolphins will. The gamblers love playing against the Dolphins because they're a team that has been good, but they've been getting super fortunate in ways that are hard to sustain, like with a ton of defensive scores in like three consecutive games where they've been just – and they've made plays defensively. Like their defense is good, but it's – 
it's hard to we've seen it with really good defenses it's hard to sustain that year to year sometimes when you're getting so many plus on the turnovers it's really hard to sustain that week to week so i had the dolphins with on my teams that missed the top 11 i had them right there with the Raiders and then the Browns below them as my team. Fair, fair I, enough. I, I mean, look, like, you bring some really fair points when, when it comes to the Dolphins. And, and, and they're you, good. You can't count on defensive points, right? You can't yeah. really can't factor that in into your game plan. You know, six. hey, we're going to get 10 points from our defense. I mean, you can't really do that, right? So we did six drives that started in Charger territory last week, which is another thing that was like, wow. So, and again, that's it's one of those things where it's such a small sample size that we, we don't know. That they they it might be like just this is who they are. They're a very well coached team. They've started to put all their pieces in. So yeah, I'm not I'm not I would if 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 Denver was like healthy and okay, this would have been maybe like a fun week to try to play against Miami. But if they're not if if Locks there and they're not gonna not gonna have like some of their big pieces there, then they might not be like able to keep up with them. But but you never know good. how the elevation treats these guys, right? Yeah. Everybody handles you, it a little bit different. So you start reading it, you're good. Like you say, you get like it's just hard to win that many games in a row in the NFL because the different all of a sudden, if this game flips and then the, their first two drives, they turn the ball over and instead of being up ten nothing, they're down ten nothing. That's what I kind of want to see. Can Tua calm everybody down, make some plays, bring them back? I think I just need to see that a little bit more from them before I start moving them up a few. Fair enough. And I think one of the reasons that I've kind of got them is rated the way I have. And this isn't based on any PFF analytics number or anything, just from the eyeball test. Looks like they're very efficient within their offense. They are. Right. I mean, they're so they're just missing Gaskin, who's been their best running back for a while. What's that? They're missing Gaskin, who was their best running back yes. for most of the year, too. Um, Williams has been uh, their best receiver. He missed last week, and he missed the, the other half of the week before. So they're doing this without some of their key weapons. Yeah, some guys are picking up the slack, right? Like Jakeem mm-hmm. Grant's coming in, and he's, what, 5'9", and playing oh, like a 6'2", receivers playing like a man. And even uh, you got this uh, you know, a relatively unheard of running back the from fact. UW. That's come in and uh, done done a pretty good job filling so they in. Were, Ahmed. They were three in the AFC. I'm sorry. My, they were three yeah, in the so AFC. So Miami's my number three. My number four, another surprise, the Raiders. And I think they've got a very favorable schedule coming up, too. They still have, like, the Falcons and the Jets and the Chargers and the, and the Broncos on their schedule. Not, not world beaters. But here's what I'll tell you. You mentioned this a minute ago. It's very tough to win NFL games. Good teams beat the teams that they're supposed to, right? So this will really this stretch will tell us if the Raiders are a good team. I'm banking on them being so. The fifth team is this the for, same spot they were in last year, six and three. I believe they were five and three, but don't it was close, right? It was and almost, then they went a nasty tailspin. And it was almost and it was funny because last year it looked the opposite. It looked like they had a couple very winnable games coming up. And so who knows? They're they're better this year though. Well, the one thing I like about the Raiders is sort of the reason I I kind of like the Browns too is like you kind of know what you're going to get with them. They're going to just try to run the ball at you. And Carr's been really good. They, he has he's been better than like Baker not as far as moving the ball downfield and not turning it over. And they have some more weapons there. But like they're sort of just hey we're going to run it at you and you're probably not going to be able to stop us, which I kind of like. But I also like that you know Carr. Look, Carr's probably one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the NFL. He's, He's having a very really good, year good. year. He's a high-percentage passer, He's, and they've got some playmakers on offense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, He's good having receivers, a really too. solid year this year, a solid like five-week stretch right now, too. 
Absolutely. Rounding out my top five in the AFC is the Indianapolis Colts. They're going to win that division. They're plus 65 on their point differential. That Ravens I don't think they're game, a great team, but they got a really good defense. And, and that's that Ravens game was game. a deceiving game, too. That was one where they were they were beating the Ravens up in the first half. They couldn't really get into the end zone. Then they were moving the ball. Taylor fumbled, and that fumble went all the way back and for a Ravens touchdown. And then yep. there was an interception that was a questionable call. It didn't even look like the guy caught it. And then they, the Ravens scored off of that too. So it was that game was deceiving. Like I like the Colts better than the Ravens, but it would be hard for me. I, I put the Ravens one spot ahead of them just because they beat them. Yep. Well, and and for me, that kind of that 10, 11 that you're talking about, for me, that's Baltimore followed by Buffalo followed by Cleveland. And Cleveland, look, their offense is really, really stalled. I know weather is a part of that. But I mean, what, they put up, what, six and ten points in back-to-back weeks or something like that. In today's NFL, that's kind of unheard of. But they do have Chubb back, so we'll see if they could kind of turn things around offensively. My my guess is the same thing that I said before the season started. Their biggest limitation is their quarterback. So we'll see about that. Uh, NFC. My number one team is the Saints. The, bottom line. They're one of the few teams in the NFC that has it all together offensively, defensively, and special teams. Finally defensively coming together now. They Correct. they they struggled in, in spots and they're just they're I don't I think if I was just looking at roster, looking at everything, handicapping like pieces all together, and I stacked up the Saints next to the to Tampa, I would probably think Tampa has the better overall roster and actually like Tampa more. For some reason, that is just a bad matchup, and yeah, they showed they swept it twice. Them. They beat, yeah. and they didn't even beat them. They beat the hell out of them twice. So it was a whooping. I, I can't, in good faith, and and toll unless we see what's going to happen. Unless we see the Saints struggle with Jameis, which I don't think they are personally. I think they're going to be just fine. And, Look, I and love we'll Drew Brees. Yeah, and I'm we'll a see huge how Drew, Drew Brees, Brees fan, but I think Winston is going to put up better numbers. He's going to give them a, a an um. Like a versatility, and he's going to unlock some things that Drew Brees can't really do right now. He can't get the ball down the field as much. Hundred percent agree, Gino. And I'm calling it right now. There's going to be a quarterback controversy in uh, New Orleans. This is going to be one of my plays this week because that line has moved all the way down to four. I think it went from like six and a half down to four because a lot of people are, aren't sure what to do with with Jameis and Kamara hasn't practiced, but I still think he's going to play. He said he's going to play. That should be no issue. If I'm not worried at all. As, uh, Jameis isn't bad. People think he's bad. He is very volatile, very polarizing, and a lot of that has to do with what he was asked to do a lot of times early on in his career before he got some of the pieces around him and when he had a horrendous defense. And I think in a different situation like this where he's... Gino, I think, I think we're kind of losing you a little bit, so maybe we could kind of get that situation fixed up. I kind of... I, I agree with you 100% about Jameis Winston. Uh, here's the thing. He's never played with Alvin Kamara, right? No. He never had an Alvin Kamara type on, nope. uh, you know, behind him in the backfield. So I think that's going to be a huge difference. I think he's going to put up numbers. And if you recall last year, Bridgewater, when he went 5-0, and uh, which is a good comp to see that the Saints are a good team top to bottom and they win games with or without their top gun, uh, people were saying, you know, should he be the starter moving forward because of Breeze's age? Well, now Breeze is a year older, and the big difference is Winston is a downfield passer. The guy's a really, really good passer. His issue has always been turnovers, and I think he's learned a lot from what I'm hearing 
from Drew Brees, from Peyton, from that system. We'll see, <clears throat> excuse me, we'll see if he's really absorbed at all. If he doesn't turn over the ball, I'm going to predict he's passing for 350 yards, making minimal mistakes because he's got a great team around him. So they're my number one team. The Buccaneers are my number two team. Yeah, so we they, got the they, team. They got swept by the Saints, and they had a bad loss against Chicago, and they've blown out everybody else. And they look good. They oh, look some good. weeks. Like they, their defense is really good. They make plays. Brady has looked nice. He's got playmakers around him, and he he's actually looked like he can still throw the ball down the field a little bit too. He's been a little rejuvenated down there. So I, yeah, I'm with you there. Like I think those are for me. It feels like the top four are right now sort of head and shoulders above everybody else. The two and the two that you have because I I think to me at least it felt like a. A drop back down, like trying to. I was ranking them and you know back and forth, and so after I got through KC, Pitt, Saints, Tampa, I slightly think the AFC is better than the NFC at the top. Uh, then I then I had trouble. Who's going to be the five, six, seven, eight? I, I that was where I started trying to really figure out how I'm going to stack them. To me, hundred percent right, and that's kind of why I took my stabs in in those middle in that middle pocket there because mm-hmm, I think you're right. You know, that's kind of when you take your chances. The same thing in horse racing, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's kind of where you take your chances when, when Each, uh, you know, the Packers, the, the, you know, the next well, year. And that's kind of why in the NFC, I'm taking the Arizona Cardinals as my number three ranked team sure. in my power ratings, right? It's a big game and for them I'm going to assume that they Huge win game tonight. for them tonight against Seattle. Huge game. I'm going to assume that they win tonight. Now, why do I assume that? Because it's my hypothetical. So I'm assuming yeah. that they're going to win tonight. And after they do, uh, their schedule is very favorable. They still got two NFC least teams on their schedule so they got the patriots the giants philly the niners who are banged up and then the rams twice i suspect that they split against the rams and those other games are all winnable so i have them as winning the division but it all starts with tonight if they win tonight i think they win this division my number four seed uh power rank team is green bay and they've got a really cakewalk schedule as well Mm -hmm. so um you know unfortunately for them they had a really bad loss against the buccaneers but fortunately for them, they don't have competition for the division. So they're going to finish up ahead of the Buccaneers regardless of what happens because they're going to be the division winner unless Tampa comes back and wins the division, of course. Number five, I've got the Rams. Now, mm-hmm. you could switch flip-flop five and six, six or five, Rams in Seattle. It depends. Do you like offense or do you like defense? And Depending on what you like, yeah. you can. those five and six are interchangeable. Now, I would say... The Rams' offense is better than Seattle's defense. That's true. So, that in theory, that should make me push the Rams into number five solidly and Seattle at number six. The reason why I can't is because of the man named Russell Wilson. Exactly. Do you, and who do you – when it comes down to it in a big moment, is it Russ or Goff? And I'm a Rams fan, but that's the – and that's even the, the still – the one reason why I still have that slighted tangible because I think Kyler is on the trajectory. Like Kyler's been having some better games recently than Russ, but in a big moment in a playoff game with those two guys, I'd still slightly lean Russ because we've seen him do it. And that's the one reason why I kind of lean them. It's going to be, that's a, such a fun division, man. The, and I feel it, it's funny because the team that we, we, you and I both like didn't like last year, the 49ers and tried to like poke holes in them all throughout the year and play against them and stuff. It's hard not to feel bad for them this year because of how decimated they've been by injury. And they would, otherwise they would be even more competitive in that division. We probably have four, six and three teams. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, it's, it's and a they're, really good and division. This year we could have had four playoff teams all from that division. 
because of the additional playoff spot. Can you can you True. imagine that? How crazy that would have been? That would have been crazy. Who knows? Maybe they find a way to win a couple games and, and, and if they, there's they an snag a seventh spot, seed or an eighth seed. You know, the seed. NFL has talked about even adding an eighth spot sure. if there's any game or games that uh that end up being missed due to COVID and that kind of screw a team out of getting in a playoff spot. So sure, um, sure. No, give no, us no, your one no, through no uh, six in the NFC one more time. So uh, the five and six were uh, Rams and Seattle. And so you're you're one through uh, six on the NFC side. Oh, let me let me turn that page back again to my notes here. So uh, we are talking then Saints, Tampa, Saints, Tampa, Cardinals, Arizona, Packers. Packers, Rams, and Saints. Okay. Yeah, it's all it all makes sense. You're just the team. Yeah, like, look, I have to be consistent too with my preseason upsets with if, with the Dolphins and with Arizona Cardinals. I feel very good about well. those. When they're playing well, why would you have no reason not to? And some of the teams that I was high on, like the Bills and Colts, I think are still right there. You know, those are teams I was high on preseason. I think they're th- some of the games they've lost definitely could have gone either way. I mean, the Bills lost on a Hail Mary. You know, that's that's the difference between them. You know, you know, uh, that's a win right there. That's that could have sure. been a, not now, a bad now, loss. I wonder why I'm kind of lukewarm on the Bills. They started off the year offensively like gangbusters, and I'm kind of not seeing that same offensive domination as the early parts of the season. Now, mm-hmm. could that be weather? Could that be because Allen was playing out of his mind? Could I that be the, because uh, teams why, have I kind think, of figured them out? Because they don't have a really good running game, Gino. Yeah, I, what I think is, and I think the last two weeks when you look at the way they were calling plays, they beat the crap out of Seattle, too. Um, and a few weeks back, I think what happened with the bills is, you know, we were talking for a few weeks, how I was pissed off at the Titans and the mm-hmm. bills got screwed over by the NFL scheduling because they didn't know they were kind of stuck for a little while, not knowing what was going to happen with the Titans because of the COVID stuff. So they were literally having to prepare for the Titans and the chiefs at the same time. And then both of those games got changed and they got their asses kicked in both of them. I, I honestly kind of look at both of those games and sort of throw them out for the Bills. And and since then, the Patriots game was a weird weather game, too. And the last two games, offensively, I mean, they had a big lead that they spit out against Arizona. And they, they were able to go up and down the field pretty well, especially in the first half. And they did that against Seattle, no doubt about it. So I'm able to kind of look at those two games and and get pissed off at the Titans and 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 hold that against them more. So you're than not seeing as Bills. much of an offensive uh, tail off as as maybe I I, I am. I and, think, and, in, I think in those few games there definitely was, and I'm just I'm able to toss it out and as okay. an excuse and and sure. see that it's trending back more the right way for them. Um, yeah, makes makes sense. Good list. It, it, it's a it's a dirt runner, and you're throwing away the bad turf performances. I yep. get it. I mean, yep. that makes perfect sense to me. So, uh, hey, really quickly, uh, thank you to Voice America, by the way, for letting us take just one long commercial break. I don't plug Voice America as much, nearly as much as I should, um, as well as all the people behind the scenes that make it work, like my man Andrew. So big thank you since it's Thanksgiving. Uh, much appreciated. So if you're wondering thank why you. is there a second commercial break, it's because of the generosity of Voice America Radio Network, who, by the way, if you're new to Voice America it's not that different than XM radio, except you don't got to pay a dime. So yeah. check them out. A lot of, lot of good programs, a good horse racing show for the horse racing listeners. A lot of good sports shows uh, that are led by former NFL players and other athletes. Uh, now that I got that out of the way, Gino, typically we save the uh, point spread busters for the very end of the show. Why don't we squeeze them in right now? And if we've got time, talk about the uh, MVP and rookie of the year races. Cool. I have a couple plays uh, for this week. Um, and one of them I already mentioned was going to be the Saints. Uh, I like the Saints. They're 
now minus four. I just think people are a little bit nervous about Jameis, and I'm not. Uh, I agree with you. Um, and let's see, I've got two more plays. Uh, the Jags plus ten and a half. This is just a game that Pittsburgh. They're, they're Pittsburgh's at Jacksonville in the last few weeks. Jacksonville has been running the ball really, really well. James Robinson, who you know, Mike, he's had a uh, hundred yards and twenty rushes in the two games with Luton. Pittsburgh's allowed over one hundred and eighty yards rushing in their last three weeks. They've had the, allowed the most rushing yards per carry since week seven. So I think this game is going to be close. I could see Jacksonville with a late. I like that. Great stuff. Know that. Yeah, late cover there. Uh, they're up to plus 10.5. I think the Bengals are just better than Washington. Um, so give me the Bengals plus one. They're straight up uh, there or, you know, money line there. The Ravens minus five. This is a weak Tennessee defense. This is nothing like the Pittsburgh defense or the Colts defense that the Ravens have been facing recently. I think they're going to get right here and we're going to see Lamar have some big numbers throwing the ball. And then give me the Chiefs against the Raiders, mainly because it's a revenge game. It's Andy Reid off the bye. And there's another time where the Raiders have a ton of COVID question marks up in the air. So I think the Chiefs probably win this game. They're minus six and a half. So if you could get it under seven, I would take the Chiefs here. Okay. Okay. And how many games is that? That is that what five games? Five. Five games. Five games. Jags, okay. Bengals, Saints, Ravens, Chiefs. Very good. Uh, I've got three games, all home teams, and uh, two of them are getting points. I'll start with the one that's giving. Indianapolis at home against Green Bay. Yep, I think this is a must-win for Indianapolis for a lot of different reasons. Primarily for psychological purposes. If I'm the coaching staff, I want to make sure that we are geared up for one of the better teams in the NFC. I think if we could win this game, the rest of the journey is uh, not so difficult. I think this would be a huge, huge win that would pretty much solidify their position within the division. Let's not leave an opening for Tennessee. So to me, it's a non-must-win, must-win, if that makes any sense at all. And it's only a point and a half. So give me the Colts. Give me the Texans getting two points against the Patriots. Uh, two not-so-good teams, but the Texans have always given the Patriots a difficult time. I think they do so again at home, getting two points. I think they win this game outright. I'm going against against you in one game. We haven't done that that much this season. I know. I'm taking the Raiders because they beat the Chiefs, and I think that the Chiefs are going to win but not cover. So give me the Raiders plus seven against the Chiefs. I think they keep this game close. They're going to put up a lot of points. I think both teams put up a lot of points. Give me something like 34-31 in that game, Gino. And um, we have uh, about two minutes. We wanted to talk a little bit about this. I'm just going to mention some of the guys that I looked at um, as far as MVPs that deserve a mention right now. For me, um, uh, honorable mention for Josh Allen. I mean, hell, if they win that game last week, you know, we're talking about a team that's only got two losses, and 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 it's hard. It, you talk about them a little differently. Aaron Rodgers, just because of where they are. Kamara, I think, has been really good and sort of underratedly good. Dalvin Cook has been awesome. And then for me, there's a top three. I got Russ Wilson and Kyler Murray together, neck and neck. And uh, tonight, when they play, that'll be a big, you know, tell of of who takes the next step. And it's it's got for me, it's still got to be Mahomes right now. I mean, we think about him having a quiet year. He's got 25 touchdowns and one interception. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about that, man. Hard to argue that. I'm going to go with Kyler as my MVP. Without Kyler, I don't think the Arizona Cardinals are very good. Uh, offensive and defensive rookie of the years. I'm going to stick with uh, the offensive side because we don't have time. Tristan Wirfs, the offensive tackle for the Buccaneers, is such a steal. 326-5 out of Iowa. He's only given up one sack and three penalties all year long. Gino, that's all the time we've got. Thank you so much to all the listeners. We're very thankful for you tuning in every week. I'm thankful for my co-host, Gina Bacola. 
and Voice America. Right back Have at you. Have a tremendous sports weekend, everyone. Stay safe. See you same time, same place next week. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.